You are listening to the podcast of Calvary Church in Irwin, Pennsylvania. For more information, you can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com. We are uh, jumping into a series, continuous series we started uh, a couple weeks ago called Making Money Work. That's what this bag's for. We got a big bag of money. We're just going to be throwing money out. It's going to be Oprah. Everyone's going to get a new car. It's going to be awesome. Uh, I'm just kidding. Well, what we've been talking about this month really is what does it mean to make the most with what God has entrusted us with? You might think, why in the world do we have to talk about money in church? That's like taboo. You should never do that. And, and I think there's a fallacy that sometimes we believe that like God cares about certain areas of our life, but he doesn't care about other areas of our life. And uh, I believe, not just because it's my opinion, but because I see it in God's word, that God cares about every area of our life, every aspect, even money. And, and in fact, the Bible talks a lot about money. Last week, I shared uh, a story that Jesus shares a parable of three servants that uh, their master was going out of town, and, and he gave a considerable amount of, of, of wealth to each of these masters and trusted them with it to do something with it. And, and Jesus shared that, that one of the servants, uh, he left five bags of gold, and to the other, he left two bags of gold, and the final servant, he left one bag of gold. Last week, we looked at the importance of balance and guardrails and, and, and how we need to train our money to do what it should. Today, I want to kind of narrow in, spotlight those first two servants that, that ultimately put their money, their, their bags of money to work for them. They both ended up doubling what they were given. The one servant went from five bags of gold to ten. The other one went from two bags of gold to four. And, and uh, we're going to kind of focus on that. But next week, real quick, we're going to talk about why God has blessed us, what it means to be blessed. And this morning, though, we're going to dive into some principles that God shares with us about how we can make the most, how we can be invested with what he's entrusted us with. And, uh, if you have your Bibles or, or you're on version Bible app, we're going to be jumping through a bunch of passages of Scripture. This morning we'll have them on the screen as well. Uh, we're going to start off here in Proverbs chapter 6 and verse 6. Here's what it says. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Don't you love it when the pastor reads a, a verse right out of the gate and calls, calls someone a sluggard? Um, this isn't to be offensive anyway, but, but follow with me here, okay, before you're like, man, that pastor's mean. Bible's ugly. Uh, Just stick with me here. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler. Yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food in harvest. See, we, we can learn a lot from the ant. Even the ant has enough sense at a picnic when you drop a piece of chicken to put it away and say, I might need that for later. Even the ant has enough sense to store and save for the future. We can learn a lot from what the ant, what God created, does. Now, now here's an interesting stat. Do you know this? The average person in Japan saves 18.2% of their annual income. 18.2%. How much do you think the average American saves? 15% maybe? 10%? You know, back in 2006, for the first time since the Great Depression, Americans spent more than they brought in. They spent more than they brought in. Uh, uh, and and, and this, this was before the Great Recession in 2008. That year, 2000, or 19, uh, 2006, uh, the average American spent $1.22 for every dollar they earned. Now, you don't have to be a math whiz. You don't have to be a genius to figure out 
that doesn't work very long, right? That's not going to sustain. Uh, you're, you're not going to be able to float that boat very long. Now, this past year, uh, the average American saved 7.2% of their income, which was a decline from the previous year, 2018, where it was 8.8%. You, you, you see in some of these just stats, in America, we don't get this real well. We don't do this real well. In, in the Proverbs, it says, consider even ant. Consider the ant who has enough sense to save for the future. Now, the question is, what do we save for? Why, why do we save? And this, this might be obvious or seem obvious, but let's go ahead and nail this down anyway. Uh, the three things, if you want to take notes this morning, three things that, that we want to save for. First thing, we talked about this last week, we want to save for emergencies. Emergencies. Uh, why? Because your plumbing's going to back up, your car's going to break, someone's going to get sick, you're going to have to go to the doctor. We want to plan for that because those things happen. That's how life works. Uh, we want to save for emergencies. Second thing, second thing we want to save for is we want to save for purchases. For, for example, you might want to buy a new couch. Save up and pay cash for it. Or, or you may want to go on vacation. Start saving for that, pay cash. Or, or look at the calendar right now. Christmas is right around the corner. Thank Jesus, right? Christmas is almost here. 2020 is almost over. Um, uh, some, some, some people are still paying for last Christmas right now. Start to save up. Pay cash for this Christmas. Why, why don't you try maybe a different approach? Don't, don't charge it. Save up. Pay cash. If you don't have a lot of cash, spend what you have rather than putting it on credit. First thing, we want to save for emergencies. Second thing, for purchases. And the third thing you want to save for is the future. The future. Maybe one day you want to retire. Start saving for that. Or, or, or maybe, maybe you, you have kids and, and they want to go to college someday. Start, start saving for that. Or, or, or maybe you've got kids, you've noticed something every time they look in the mirror, they've got some crooked teeth. And, and you're thinking, braces just might be in their future. Start saving for it. Save for the future. We want to save for emergencies. We want to save for purchases. We want to save for the future. In, in Proverbs 21.20, Solomon wrote these words, In the house of the wise there are stores of choice food and oil. A foolish man devours all he has. A, a modern day telling of this verse might go like this. In the house of the wise, people live off less than they make, and they save for the future. But the foolish live paycheck to paycheck, which, by the way, 75% of Americans do. So we're going to be wise. Are we, are we choosing to be wise or, or foolish? And it might seem like, well, that's a, a pretty simple answer, but here's the real problem. The problem is prioritizing. It's prioritizing the dollars that we have. You see, we only have a certain number of dollars to live on. And I know that's, a, a, of course, a, an understood idea, but we only have so many dollars to live on. And to make the most of what we have, we have to prioritize our dollars. And, and there's three kind of categories we prioritize them in. Our needs, our wants, and our desires. Our needs, our wants, and our desires. So, so what's, what's the difference between the two? Here's a, here's a few examples. Uh, for, for, for instance, we need to eat, right? We all need to eat. But maybe we want to go to a restaurant. And maybe we desire to have like steak and lobster. Or for me, like crab. I love crab. Like we have needs, we need to eat. We have wants, we want to go to a restaurant. Then we have desires. We want to go to a really nice restaurant. Or, or, or this, we need a roof over our head, right? We need a house. We need to live somewhere. But maybe we want a three-bedroom house with a two-car garage. Maybe we desire a four-bedroom house with a three-car garage and an in-ground pool. We have needs. 
We have wants. We have desires. At some point, uh, I need to take a weekend off. Some point, I, I want to go to a nice hotel. I desire to go to Hawaii. With a pregnant wife, three kids who are younger, chances are really good we're not going to the nice hotel. Uh, chances are even better we're definitely not going to Hawaii. Needs, wants, desires. And the problem for so many people is this. People end up spending most of their money on wants and desires and never have enough for needs. And when we spend it on wants or desires, there ends up being a shortage for the things we actually need that that are really important. This is why it's important to prioritize our dollars. We need to prioritize every dollar, maximize every penny, make sure our needs are covered before we get to the wants and desires. This is This is what uh, Luke chapter 16 verse 10, Jesus says in in this gospel. He says, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. Meaning, if you can prioritize what you have now, if you're faithful with that, God can entrust you with more. This isn't a get rich fast scheme. This isn't some Ponzi scheme like God's going to, if you invest this. No, that's not what we're talking about today. It's, we're talking about Making the most with the bag you've been given, whatever that, whether that's big or small, whatever that looks like, making the most with the bag that you've been given. But when we are faithful with what we have, when we follow these biblical principles that, that God gives us, not just to, to breeze over, but, to, but actually apply, when we do that, we will see it increase. We see this very principle practiced in the story that Jesus shared in Matthew 25, in that parable. The first two servants were faithful with a little, And they were entrusted with more. They're faithful what they've been given, and they were entrusted with more. I know for a lot of people, increasing what what we are entrusted with seems like an impossibility. You're like, man, I'm I'm just trying to make ends meet. But but if you can be faithful of what you have right now, big or small, I promise you, you can watch as God blesses it, as God provides. Now, I want to continue with a couple more thoughts here. Let's say that over a period of time, You've worked really hard, like we talked about last week, and you get, get to this point where you're debt-free. If you didn't hear the message last week, if you go to listen.calvaryirwin.com, you can subscribe to the podcast, or go to our Facebook page or YouTube channel, you can watch the message. But we, we talked about uh, the importance of, of guardrails and boundaries and, and, and living in balance financially and, and how we can use this thing called the debt snowball, what Dave Ramsey talks about, to, to get out of debt. And the Bible gives us that, that, that plan. And, 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 and say you've been doing that. You've been working that plan, that system. You get yourself out of debt. You've prioritized every dollar. Now, now, now what? You're out of debt. What do you do now? Now it's time to start investing for the future. Start paying it forward. There's two ways to make money. Now, for some of you, this might be elementary, but, but maybe you'll, you'll hear something you haven't heard before. The first way to make money is a traditional way. People making money. People making money. Like, you go to work, you work hard, you get a paycheck every week or every other week or every month, whatever it might be. Scripture says it clearly in 2 Thessalonians 3.10. It says, the one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. In other words, this is a simple way to make money. You get a job, you get paid, pretty straightforward. People making money. The second way, though, there's another way to make money that a lot of people don't think of, and that's money making money. You have people making money, but money making money. You see, the good news about this approach is money works 365 days a year. It never stops, never sleeps. In Matthew 25, 16, Jesus gave us this principle in the parable we're talking about. He said, the man who had received five bags of gold went out 
once, at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. He took what he was given and he put his money to work. Money, money making money. You see, if, if, if we as God's people will just be patient and follow God's principles, we can actually watch and see the blessings of God multiply in our life. And I'm going to give you an example of how the, how, uh, what, what can happen to, to money over time. Uh, for some, uh, maybe money is tight. Maybe, maybe it's, it is paycheck to paycheck. But if we can get creative, aggressive, make some sacrifices, we, we can do this. How, how many of you think, think about this, if you could shake out $5 a day? Maybe instead of going to the expensive coffee shop, you, you go past that and you go to McDonald's. Or maybe instead of going out to eat all the time, you brown bag your lunch each day. Whatever it might be, uh, car $5 a day. Anything's possible with God, right? So, so let me show you this. If you were able to save $5 a day, this could make a huge difference. Now, we're going to assume that you can find uh, a, a return of 10%. Now, that might be a little generous, but not impossible. So $5 a day, you invest at 10%. Look what, what happens. Five bucks a day invested at 10% return. Over a five-year period, you'll have over $10,000. Five-year period, $5 a day, 10%. Not a bad start. Over 10 years, you'll have over $30,000. Over 20 years, you'll have over $110,000. Now it starts to get kind of exciting here. Over 30 years, you'll have over $340,000. Check this one out. Over 40 years, you have just over $900,000. It's almost a million dollars. Think about this. How many, how many of you this morning, uh, you're 25 years old or younger? 25 years old or younger, a few of you there. Um, if, if you, think about this, if you could take $5 a day, 10%, you could have, by the age of 65, you could have close to a million dollars if you just didn't start investing now. And, and, and let's say you get crazy, you do it for 50 years. $5 a day, 10% for 50 years, you would have over two million, almost two and a half million dollars. Now, this isn't about getting filthy rich. That's not what we're talking about at all. That's, that's not God's desire for any of us. But, but may I ask you, what do you think you could do for the kingdom of God for a broken world with $2 million? Think about the incredible things that could happen. Now, this isn't just about uh, us getting rich. Ha, 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 think about how the generations in your family that follow you would be different if you were faithful with just $5 a day. Whoever's trusted and faithful with a little can be trusted and blessed with much more. Here's a very simple time-tested formula this idea of investing. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. How, how do we grow in wealth? How do we grow with what we've been given? Money plus time plus consistency equals wealth. Money plus time plus consistency equals wealth. That's simple. Faithfulness with money plus time plus consistency equals wealth. This is what Scripture says in Proverbs 13, 11. It says, whoever gathers money little by little makes it grow. Money plus time plus consistency equals wealth. Now, let's say that there are many of you who have been faithful over time. You've been working at it. You, you've been doing the debt snowball. You've prioritized every dollar. You put your needs ahead of your wants and desires. And now you're debt-free except for your house. Now it's time to start investing in the future. So what are we going to do? There are a lot of different ways to invest. I think it's best to look at godly principles. So I'm going to look at a, a few real quick biblical principles for making the most with what you've been given. 
And, and I, I don't know if this is your first time here and you're like, man, this pastor talks all about money. We don't talk about money all the time. This is about what God's entrusted you with, okay? So here's a few biblical principles. Uh, first, first one, whatever you do, don't try to get rich quick. Don't try to get rich quick. A, a few people might succeed at this, but most fail miserably. Listen to Scripture's warning about those who are all about money and getting rich quick. Paul warns in 2 Timothy, or 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 9, he says, those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. I don't know if you've ever had this, if you'd be honest enough to say, have you ever thought about a surefire way to make some money quick? Like you had a friend or a coworker, someone's like, this is guaranteed. If you do this, you get some money. I don't know if you've been there before and you're like kind of tempted to be like, oh, that would be awesome if I could just like become a millionaire, make a few thousand dollars. I've been there, to be honest. I was miserable. I've shared parts of this story before, but when I was a youth pastor here at Calvary about 14 years ago, I thought I found a quick way to make some big money for our youth ministry. It was like a done deal. Other youth pastors had told me it was the greatest thing. I could make like six, $7,000 uh, for our youth ministry, and it was awesome. I, I was just dreaming about what we could do for outreach and events and activities for our teenagers. Like, it was going to be awesome. And I, I figured you might as well just put the money in the bank now because it's a done deal. It, it was, I was so pumped. Unfortunately, it wasn't that easy. I remember the day uh, I was, I, I'd slept in this crazy fireworks tent for 12 days on a cot and it rained most of those days it was it was like not no fun and i remember at the end of it we pack everything up that we all the inventory we have left we load it in a u-haul truck we drive it to this place like out in the middle of nowhere where we have to return the inventory and they tell tell me how much money we made like how much money they're going to cut the check right there and i go through all these stations and I'm returning the inventory, and I get to the final station where they're going to hand me the check. And I'm expecting this check for $6,000. And uh, I'm sitting there, and they're like, well, good job, Mr. Poole. Here's your check. And he handed me a check, and it said $600. And I was like, you forgot a zero. I, I, you, you wrote the wrong check. I'm sorry. If you void it, I mean, I'll, I'll be cool with that. And just write the $6,000. They're like, no, no, that's how much you get, $600. And I was devastated. I was like, oh, my goodness, all this work. See, it's never that easy. Get rich quick schemes don't work. The reality is you will find that if you are simply faithful, money plus time plus consistency, you'll, you'll watch the laws of interest will cause your money to work for you. This isn't my idea. This isn't someone else's scheme. This was God's idea. Why? Because God wants to equip you with the tool to make a difference in our world. Money is one of those tools. See, the reality is, uh, if we are willing to be obedient, to follow God's principles, we get to see God's results. Those who have been around the financial world, maybe you're familiar with what they call the rule of 72. It goes something like this. How fast can your money double? If you can invest it at 7.2%, in 10 years, your money will double. If by chance you're able to, to do a little better than that and you can get a 10% return, it will double in 7.2 years. What, what does that mean? That means that Money plus time plus consistency equals wealth. That kind of principle maybe makes a little bit of a difference in the short run, but decade to decade to decade starts to multiply. Don't try to get rich quick. For, for example, if your cousin Billy calls and Billy's broke, and, and he says, I've got a hot stock tip. 
I, I got this idea. It's going to work great. Billy probably doesn't have a stock tip. Don't try to get rich quick. Don't jump on every opportunity. Now, now, guys, for a minute, this is something that we're really bad at. This is a generalization, so take it for what it's worth. Generally speaking, women are a little bit more conservative. Guys, we like to go spend the money fast, and and we want to go conquer. Uh, Guys, it's important for us to recognize we are not spenders. We are marathon investors. We have to take a long-term approach in investing. It's life-changing. Now, with that in mind, don't risk whatever you do don't risk what you can't afford to lose. This isn't gambling. We're not talking about gambling. Investing isn't gambling. I've heard uh, of people who have borrowed against their home for the latest whatever investment uh, scheme, and they're like, I'm going to borrow against this. is going to be great, and it's going to make them rich, and now they're paying for their home not once but twice because they borrowed something they couldn't afford to lose. Principle number one, we're not going to try to get rich quick. Number two, Second thing, scriptural principle, don't put all of your eggs in one basket. Don't put all of your eggs in one basket. Grandma taught you this, and so does God's word. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 2 says this, invest in seven ventures, yes, in eight. You do not know what disaster may come upon the land. If that verse, man, if I could ever think of a verse that sums up 2020, like that's like the most loaded statement I've ever heard. You do not know what disaster might come upon the land. Invest in seven ventures, yes, in eight. Anyone a little further back remember Enron? Pretty tragic story. You think about it, you've got great people who worked their entire adult lives, put everything into a company, and it was doing really well. And, and then there were some who were literally days away from retiring and lost it all. Why? Because it was all in one place. Think about this. Investments are a lot like manure, too much in one place stinks. But when you spread it around, it makes things grow. The same is true with investing. If you spread around your investments, you'll be much, much wiser and you'll see things grow. For example, mutual funds. Over a long period of time, mutual funds typically uh, bring a, a better return. If you don't know what a mutual fund is, it's pretty simple. Say, I invest $100. Maybe someone up in the balcony invests $100. Someone here in the center section invests $100. Someone online invests $100. And, and, and it goes into this big pool of money. Then some really smart guy or girl, who, who we might call a full-time money nerd, they manage our money. That's his or her job. That's what they get paid to do, and they're really good at it. They, they study the market all day long and put some of this in stock and some of it in bonds and some of it in that stock and some overseas. And, and, and then when things change, they move it around. It's their full-time job to simply manage our money in different funds. It spreads out the risk, and typically over time, mutual funds generally do pretty well. Principle number one, we're not going to try to get rich quick. Principle number two, don't put all of your eggs in one basket. Number three, don't invest in things you don't understand. I'll give you an example. Back in 1999, one of the most widely held stock was GE, General Electric. Have you guys all heard of General Electric? We probably own things that were built by General Electric. The second most widely held stock was something called Lucent. I don't know if any of you have heard of Lucent. Maybe a few of you have. A lot of people were getting into Lucent. They were really excited about Lucent. If you had $1,000 worth of shares in 1999 of Lucent and you held on to it to 2020, 
Today, that $1,000 worth of stocks would be worth a whopping $44. You would be rich. You could go buy like a nice meal at McDonald's a few times over, okay? $44. If by chance, on the other hand, in 1999, you bought $1,000 worth of Diet Coke, you drank the Diet Coke, you saved the aluminum cans, in 2020, you would now have $79 worth of aluminum cans. You would have been better off buying $1,000 worth of Diet Coke and investing in aluminum cans than in Lucent. So, so what's the lesson? What's the lesson there? Don't invest in things you don't understand, you don't know about. And in Proverbs 24, 3, this is what we read. It says, by wisdom a house is built, and through understanding it is established. Through knowledge its rooms are filled with rare and beautiful treasures. We're not going to invest in something we don't understand. If you don't understand it, don't do it. Don't get into something you don't understand. This is why sometimes the best investment you make is the one you don't make. We are going to seek God, follow his principles. We're not going to try to get rich quick. We're, we're not going to put all of our eggs in one basket. We're not going to invest in things we don't understand. Now, as we, as we close here this morning, I want to be just straightforward for a minute. I want to get to the heart of this. God has given us a bag of gold, so to speak. It's our personal finances. He's entrusted it to us. Managing wisely the resources that God entrusts to you, I believe, is one of the true marks of spiritual maturity. If God's given it to you, how do you handle it? It shows a a level of spiritual maturity. What you do with what God gives you reveals what you really believe. If you you believe in the principle of tithing that the Bible talks about, you tithe, you you, you see the fruit of that. If if you're so into material things that you borrow in order to buy things, it shows materialistic uh, approach. I I know we talked a lot about money today, but I want to get to the heart of this. Jesus said in in Scripture, you cannot serve both God and money. And and it's important that we are not going to be driven by, obsessed with, or idolized money. We're we're not going to be obsessed with it. If you think Jesus, of of Jesus, remember this, I I don't see any record of Jesus investing in stocks, in bonds, or his financial future. Jesus wasn't investing in those things. What did Jesus invest in? He invested in people. Before you even think about investing for your own benefit, Think about investing in God's people. You want to make a life-changing investment? Invest in the next generation living within your home. You want to see something incredible happen? Invest in the friends that are around you in your small group or wherever it might be. Invest in those people who don't know Jesus. Invest in the places that will last. With that being said, let let me say this. Everyone this morning, I hope that one day I hope one day that you can get, become filthy rich. Rich, rich. And when you are, I hope with everything in me that you are rich in the things that ultimately matter most. Yeah. That you are rich in the love of God. That you are rich in compassion for those who are in need. That you are rich in mercy and grace and forgiveness. And, and that you are rich in the true, genuine blessings of God. And if by chance, if you happen to become financially rich, I hope that you are so radically generous that nothing could ever stop you. Because here's the truth. You can't take any of it with you, but you can pay it ahead. You can send it on ahead. You you can give to the things that last. God has given you 
a bag. And it's time that we're faithful with what God has entrusted us with. Whoever can be trusted with little, God will trust with more. He wants to bless you in every way possible, not for your benefit, but that the world could be a different place, a better place. God wants to use you to be a blessing to this world. We talk about this all the time. We are blessed for one reason, to be a blessing. We aren't blessed for our benefit. If we can make the most with what we've been given, God has entrusted you. It's not about getting rich quick. It's not about trying to get uh, as fast as we can to be filthy rich or wealthy or any of that. It's about God blessing you and you making the most of what he's blessed you with so that you can do more. That's what God wants to do. Can I tell you, as a church, this is our heartbeat. We, we talked about the things that we save for and we spend money on. We want to save for emergencies. You know, we want to save for purchases. We want to save for the future. As a church, we save for emergencies. We have a whole emergency uh, fund that we keep. It's invested. And if everything went crazy, we'd be able to pull from that money. It's multiple months worth of expenses sitting there. We, we save for purchases. There's a purchase right now that we're, we're saving for. You know, the family center, the metal building across the parking lot. You might not know this, but it needs a new roof. It's a $100,000 roof. We're, we're saving for that. We already put money aside. We're saving for that. For the future, in the middle of a pandemic, we've started an endowment. Why would we start an endowment? Because we believe these principles. We don't just talk about them. We, we live this out as a church. We started an endowment. Within the next 20 plus years, that endowment will reach a million dollars. Why would we do that? What's the purpose of endowment? Because we want to pay it forward. Here's the deal. The endowment isn't about us. It's about the next generation. The purpose of that endowment will be that when there's a new lead pastor, someday when I retire, you know, when I'm use my walker and my wheelchair up here and, and they're like, Nick, it's time to like go. Let the, let the young pups come in. Someday when I retire, I want to make sure that the next lead pastor of this church has resources to lead change. What are we doing? We're saying, I'm looking to the future. I want to equip them with resources to lead well, that Calvary Church will be a thriving, healthy body of believers for decades and decades and decades to come. That the kingdom of God goes forward. I'm not, we're not just talking about this is what you should do personally. This is what we live out corporately as a church. Why? Because these are biblical principles. God wants you to build your life, even your financial life, on him. Not just like the things you do or how you worship at church, but even how you handle your money, the, thing he's very, the, the very thing he's entrusted you with. And, and, and the action step today is simple. Evaluate some of the stuff we talked about. Maybe you're like, I didn't catch all that. Go back and listen to it. And I want you to evaluate. How, how, can I, how can I build a better foundation for my life financially that I could be a blessing? Maybe not right now. Maybe in a year. Maybe in five years. Maybe in 10 years. Maybe in 30 years. How can I set that foundation in place now and start so that I'm paying it forward, looking into the future and saying, God, I want to be prepared, equipped, ready to be an instrument of your hand extended into a broken world that desperately needs his people, desperately needs the resources he's entrusted to his people. Would you stand with me this morning? Lord, I thank you so much. I thank you for all that you've blessed us with. 
God, I thank you for your faithfulness time and time again. God, even when things are tight, Lord, you have entrusted us with resources. I pray you would help us to make the most of every penny, every dollar, every ounce of what you've given to us. God, let it not be about material things, but let it be about kingdom things that you are calling us to, that we want to seek first your kingdom, and all these things will be given to us as well. We thank you, God, for your faithfulness this morning. In Jesus' name. This is Pastor Nick Pohl, the lead pastor at Calvary. We're so glad you joined us for today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the message. At Calvary Church, we're passionate about leading people into an overflowing life with Jesus. We would love the opportunity to connect with you on your faith journey and hear what God is doing in your life or join you in prayer for any needs you might have. You can visit us online at calvaryirwin.com or send us an email at info at calvaryirwin.com. On our website, you'll find previous week's messages, a list of upcoming events, as well as resources designed to help you take those next steps on your journey of faith. See you next week, and may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. 